Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker, All the Games. This is episode 11. We're coming at you from the northeast coast of the United States, June 2022. I'm your host, Sean, online as Atomic Squeeze, Nuke Hops, Nuclear Hops, or Homebrew, depending on where you play. We have a fun and informative show for you today, where we'll be focusing on Deuce to Seven, No Limit Single Draw. We'll find out what I'm drinking for this episode, then we'll get to Deuce to Seven Single Draw, and you'll get to hear about my recent play at the World Series of Poker, as well as other casinos outside of the World Series while I was in Las Vegas. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy shooting the shit about all things poker and beer. Well, since poker is a social sport, I'm a brewer, I enjoy beer, this episode, you guessed it, I'll be cracking open a beer again. Since I promised on the last episode that I would be drinking something other than a Pilsner, and the fact that I haven't been out to pick up any beer, I'm going to go with what's left in the beer fridge. This is Free Will Brewing Company's Autumn Spiced Ale called Scarecrow. Free Will Brewing is out of Percocy, Pennsylvania, and generally makes some solid beers. This is one I've actually never had before, so let's crack it open. I'm pouring this one from a 16-ounce can into a Spigolo tulip glass. I'm not sure what to expect from this one since I haven't had it before, and I rather enjoy spiced ales from a tulip glass, so that's what this one's going in. Let's have a smell. Ah, nice. Sweet, cinnamon, maybe nutmeg, a little bit of vanilla, almost a latte-like uh, aroma on this one. Let's have a look. Oh, well. I was expecting a darker beer given an autumn ale and the flavors listed on the can. However, this one is much, actually much lighter in, in color. And it does have a bit of a pilsnery kind of smell. It's kind of interesting. I expected a darker beer. It's very light. Looks like a pilsner. Does have some does have some of the the uh, the, the, the aromas in there, like a pilsner as well as um, a, a somewhat spiced ale. But uh, let's, uh, let's go to what's usually the best part here. Let's, uh, let's have a taste. Ah, nice. This has a, a crisp mouthfeel, which I like. Um, getting cinnamon, nutmeg, maybe some allspice, a little sweetness, like a vanilla, kind of like I mentioned in the aroma, a latte a vanilla latte sweetness and it seems to as you sip it again seems to switch back and forth uh actually quite nicely 
between the uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, and uh, allspice flavors. Uh, solid beer. Like I said, this one's good. I just was surprised <laughs> surprised by the uh, the sort of pale uh, Pilsner golden uh, color that we have here, but uh, the uh, flavor is uh, certainly uh, w- what's expected from the can. Free Will Brewing Company's Autumn Ale comes in at 5.0% ABV, so let's get to some poker. Remember here that our focus is non-hold'em poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games for the first time or second time or maybe a pile of times, and or those looking to branch into other variations of poker. Whether you're a dealer, player, or card room manager, this podcast is for you. Our goal is to bring you the rules, the deal, and easy-to-remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. Today's episode will be covering a draw game, specifically no limit, deuce to seven, single draw, low ball. Last episode, it, we in episode 10, we discussed uh, deuce to seven, triple draw, which is a fixed limit game. This episode, we're talking about the same deuce to seven, low ball game, only this one is played as a single draw and is played no limit instead of fixed limit. All right, let's get to the general play and rules of deuce to seven, single draw, low ball. So first, let's, uh, some of the names that this game goes by. Um, Deuce to seven, no limit, single draw. You might see it 2-7, no limit, single draw. You might see it written out, deuce to seven, uh, no limit, single draw. Um, and you might also hear it called Kansas City Low Ball. So the, the main things you'll hear are deuce to seven, no limit, single draw, or no limit, deuce to seven, single draw, or uh, Kansas City Low Ball. Those are a few of the names you'll hear this uh, particular game go by. So this is a draw game with no limit betting, like, hold, like no limit hold'em, no limit betting. It's similar to deuce to seven, triple draw, with two exceptions. There is only one draw... And the betting is such that there is no limit. In the end, each player will be dealt five cards, all face down, with one chance to discard any number of cards and draw new ones to replace the discarded cards. Hand rankings are the same as induced to seven triple draw, and specifically, the pot goes to the player with the lowest five card hand, keeping in mind that deuces. Uh, the fo- keeping in mind the following exceptions and examples. Deuces play for low, and aces play high. Therefore, a deuce is the lowest card. Straights and flushes do count against making a low, so they're bad. The best hand in deuce to seven low ball is two, three, four, five, seven. A five-card hand of two, three, four, five, six is a straight and is a very poor hand. A hand with ace, deuce, three, four, five is not a straight because aces only play for high and are not counted in low as low. So ace, deuce, three, four, five in this game would be considered an ace high and would lose to any other unpaired five-card hand. 
Without going over additional countless examples in this section, I will only say that any paired hand is bad, especially when you're first starting to play, and should not be generally taken to showdown if you're just beginning to learn or just beginning to play this game. Okay, here are the specifics of how to deal and play deuce to seven, no limit single draw. A small blind and big blind are used for the two positions immediately to the left of the dealer button, respectively. Note that in addition to blinds, antes are also typically, but not always, posted to encourage action prior to the opening betting round. After the blinds and antes, if they're being used, are posted, five cards are dealt to each player face down, one at a time, starting with the player to the immediate left of the dealer button, also known as the small blind, and proceeding clockwise around the table. A round of betting occurs where each player, starting with the player to the left of the big blind, known as the under-the-gun player, takes action as either folding, matching the big blind, or raising to a larger amount. Note here that the first player to enter the pot after the blinds must come in for at least a minimum raise in a lot of deuce to seven single draw games. This is known as the no open limping rule. Keep in mind some venues do not enforce this traditional rule, so be sure to find out prior to playing if you're playing the no open limping rule where you, if you were the first player to open after the big blind, you wouldn't be able to match the big blind, you would actually have to raise. So that would be a no open limping rule. And again, not all venues use that rule so be sure to know uh, before you start playing if that rule is in force once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand beginning with the player closest to the left of the dealer button who is still in the hand each player is prompted one at a time to discard any cards they wish to replace in their hand now you may choose to discard up to all five cards although this is not recommended or not to discard any cards, which is also known as standing pat. Once all players at the table and still in the hand have acted by discarding the cards they wish to replace, the dealer replaces those cards in turn by dealing the same number of cards discarded by each player all face down to each of the respective players. Once this first and only draw is complete, another final round of betting takes place beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button who is still in the hand and then proceeding clockwise around the table. Finally, there's a showdown where a winner is determined with the lowest deuce to seven hand using the deuce to seven hand ranking system explained at the beginning of this section using all five of the cards in each of the remaining player's hand. Okay, so now we've gone over the generalities, we've gone over the specifics of deal and play. Let's go over a few beginner's tips to get you started in a no-limit deuce-to-seven single draw game. So, as in a lot of low ball games, play low cards that work together. A deuce is key, and remember, silly little things like this, remember that an ace plays high, right? It's so ingrained in many of us that ace is low and high, um, it's uh, hard to remember that in this game, an ace plays high, so deuce is the lowest card. If you remember the name of the game, deuce to seven, it helps you un remember that. Draw to a nine or lower, generally speaking. 
play hands that only need to draw one or maybe two cards when you're first starting out. If you can keep to, to hands that only need to draw one or hands that are pat, one that is good enough to not have to draw any cards. Be careful and uh, maybe don't play hands that could make a straight when drawing one card. For example, let's say your five cards are dealt three, four, five, six king. If you drew one here by discarding the king, you might complete a straight if you end up with a deuce or a seven on your draw. So which, and again, as we said, the name of the game is deuce to seven because deuce is low and two, three, four, five, seven is the best hand because it is not a straight. So straights are bad. And generally speaking, a one card drawing hand to a seven or eight low is a favorite. So go balls to the wall and bet away. All right, that's all for... No limit, deuce to seven, single draw. I think a lot of folks will enjoy that game, especially if you come from a no limit hold'em background. Single draw uh, is, is a pretty fascinating game. You have the no limit aspect, just like in no limit hold'em. Um, you have the low ball aspect, which is polar opposite to uh, hold'em. And then you also have a draw. You get a draw in there. It's a draw game. So uh, you get to throw away a, you know, a bad card or two and uh, you have a shot at uh, making a big hand. So it's a, it's a pretty, in my opinion, pretty pure form of poker. Um, you get that draw aspect from the old days when we uh, talked about um, five-card draw in one of our earlier episodes, um, how that was uh, one of the first versions of poker played. And, uh, and this is a version of that, but with the no-limit aspect of today's, uh, today's world, and I think it would appeal to a lot of uh, No Limit Hold'em players. Anyway, let's move on and talk about my recent play since episode 10. Since I was in Las Vegas, and there's been a bit of time since episode 10, I've had quite a bit of play since then. So let's, uh, let's go over some of that. So I first got to Vegas. I, uh, you know, dropped my stuff off, walk over across the street to uh, Paris and Bally's, casinos where they're holding the World Series, and, uh, you know, I want to check out the WSOP action. I end up walking around, just, you know, checking out the action, just walking through the casinos, getting a little familiar with them, etc., seeing what's going on, and uh, so I end up uh, stepping into uh, what's called King's Lounge at Paris Casino, a place where they have cash games. So there were some tournaments going on, but I just got into town, and Figured I'd check out, see what the cash game scene is like. I heard uh, some folks on Twitter talking about uh, the good cash games. And uh, so I stepped into King's Lounge at Paris Casino, which is part of the World Series of Poker. And I put my name on a 5-10 no-limit cash game. Um, one of the biggest cash games I've played up to this point, mainly because of the no-limit aspect. I've played fixed-limit games with limits higher than 5-10, but... Uh, since this is no limit, 510 no limit um, is the biggest cash game I played. So I got my name on the list, quickly got seated, and I put uh, $750 into play. I can't say there were many exciting hands, but I, I did hit hit a few cards, and I did I played better than I expected. So I'll talk a, a little bit about the mental aspect of playing well. Since this was one of the biggest cash games I played in, as I mentioned, simply because of the no limit aspect. Um, and, and the 510 blinds to start up. I had some concerns concerns as to if I would be able to handle the pressure. 
So prior to taking my seat, I basically talked myself into relaxing, walked around a little bit, um, thought thought to myself, talked myself into relaxing and not being concerned about the buy-in. I basically told myself, look, you're in Vegas to play cards. You brought money to put into play. If you lose the money, so be it. The worst scenario would be to not play, right? Show up there and and, and be so scared and, and not play. Um, but uh, I heard um, from uh, specifically from uh, a Twitter handle, at Angry Pollock, um, to uh, that the 510 no limit game was good in King's Lounge, so I decided to put my mind at ease, and uh, it allowed me to play some very good poker, and I actually ended up uh, over $800 for a session that lasted a few hours in this 510 no limit game. So, um, you know, <laughs> there we go, right? The uh, you call it beginner's luck, right? You sit down, you play your first games. That's how a lot of us get got hooked on the poker, right? We learned a little bit, maybe played at home here or there. Maybe first time we sat down in a home game, we won. Maybe first time we sat down in a casino, we won a few dollars. And that's it. <laughs> Once you win, especially if it's the first time, you're hooked. So there we go. Now, I, uh, now I'm definitely mindful of uh, possibly hitting the uh, 510 no limit now at the local casino um, once I get back, uh, get back playing uh, in my local casino. Anyway, <laughs> on the other side of the coin, remember, this is Vegas, and you win some and you lose some, but at least I was off to a great start. Next, my next play came in the uh, World Series of Poker $1,000 No Limit Hold'em Freeze-Out. Boy, do I enjoy freeze-outs more than rebuy tournaments because you can't just sit down and go all in with a poor play hoping to double up or bust and quickly re-enter. There are less crazy plays in the early stages of a freeze-out versus an unlimited rebuy tournament. This is why I prefer uh, freeze-outs. Despite all this, I just couldn't really get much going. After about four hours of play, I ended up pushing the rest of my dwindling stack in with an ace nine, uh, and I got a call from a player with a king ten. So I made the right decision. I have an ace, not a great ace, but it's an ace. Uh, got a call from a player with a king ten, so I'm in, I'm in decent shape. Hey, I made a good a good pre-flop decision. <laughs> of course, flop didn't hurt me, but then. Uh, my opponent hit a king on the turn, and there was no river bailout for me. So that was the end of my run um, after a few hours, about four hours in event number 18, the uh, $1,000 buy-in, no limit, hold them, freeze out. After that, realizing I needed to change my mindset from hold them because I was really there to play some mixed games, and uh, in particular the horse, WSOP horse tournament, which you'll hear about shortly, um, to, to change my mindset from Hold'em, I made my way over to Resorts World and the Mixed Games Festival that's put on by Robbie Straczynski that I've talked about in episodes leading up to today's episode. Went over to Resorts World and I sat down in the $4, $8 limit dealer's choice game as part of the Mixed Game Festivals put on by Robbie. I'm happy to say I got to see Robbie, say hello, play a few hands with him, and gave him a copy of my book before he moved tables. Now, as far as the Dealer's Choice game this fe- and, and this festival, it was much more unexpected than I was ready for. Not in a bad way, I just was not prepared for the onslaught of games that were being played and called by, by players. As per usual in mixed games where there's sort of tiles on the table with the name of the game, because when the game's rotating and changing, um, they usually have a plaque or a tile with a name on it so you know what game is currently being dealt. 
Well, and in this case at Resorts World, the cards were mostly games with uh, with cards with uh, the games handwritten on them so the table knew which game was being played. Now, most of my listeners know by now, I literally wrote the introductory guidebook to mixed poker games. However, after sitting at the at this particular table for a couple of uh you know, a couple of game changes where players uh, got to call the games. I realized how my book comes from a United States uh, card playing mindset. There were a couple of uh, international players choosing games, and they were games not only was I unaware of, but games that other players had never played or even heard of, and games that the dealers had never even heard of or dealt. So they had to be explained to everyone. I have to admit, even though I ended up losing two $100 buy-ins, it was crazy good fun. I really enjoy the challenge of trying to keep up with all the different games and the different ways to win each one. All this to show me that eventually I'm going to have to think about writing a second version of my book to cover mixed games from around the world beyond uh, the U.S., Anyway, thanks again to Robbie for putting on the second annual Mixed Games Festival. And you can follow Robbie on Twitter at CardPlayerLife. Please head over there and follow at CardPlayerLife on Twitter to help support Mixed Poker Games. He also has a ton of great poker articles you can read at CardPlayerLifestyle.com. And if you go over uh, to CardPlayerLifestyle.com, there's also a Twitter video in an article entitled Mixed Games Festival 2 Day 2 Recap, where you can actually see me at the table next to uh, Martin Smith from Malta, whom I call Mr. Malta. Uh, He's in in that video. He's in the orange shirt and glasses, and I'm sitting to his right. Um, He's one who brought many of the games that no one else ever heard of. Um, he, he brought many of those games for us to, uh, to try and, uh, lose money to him because he's used to those games and he knows them. Uh, but, uh, we, we, we got an introduction to him and we, we paid a little bit for that. But, uh, like I said, all for the better that, uh, we got to see some, some new, very interesting, fascinating games, keep our minds, uh, crisp and, uh, certainly get me out of the, uh, the hold the mindset. So while it was enjoyable to get away from Hold'em for a bit at the festival, I realized that those dealer's choice games were a bit extreme, and I was trying to gear up. I needed to gear up for the upcoming World Series of Poker Horse Tournament. So I made my way over to MGM Grand for a $400 buy-in. I'm not even sure what you call it. Row NL, (laughs) R-O-E NL tournament. So basically four games, Raz. Omaha 8 or better, Stud 8 or better, so R-O-E, R-Raz, O for Omaha 8 or better, E for Stud 8 or better, and then No Limit Hold'em. So it's not exactly horse, but a mixed game warm-up nonetheless. I like how I played most of the way, and I was doing all right until our table broke. After getting moved, I ended up busting out, and uh, I was in the top 80 places out of uh, 163 players. So I got through got through uh, half of the field. So not 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 too bad, um, especially after reeling from uh, from a dealer's choice mixed game festival. But uh, but it was good uh, again to uh, to get into a more structured game, four games, just rotating and uh, getting the mindset for uh, the upcoming tournament, which was the next game up in my uh, series play, and that was the World Series of Poker $1,500 Horse Tournament 
with no rebuys. Yay. So basically a freeze out. So this is the tournament that I was excited to play. I really enjoy horse, which is five different games that rotate after a set number of hands. In this case, eight hands is dealt of each of the five games. The acronym HORSE stands for the five games, H for Limit Hold'em, O for Omaha 8 or Better, R for Raz, S for Stud, and E for Stud 8 or Better. So just remember, all the games in HORSE, including Hold'em, are played as fixed limit. In this particular HORSE tournament, the $1,500 uh, WSOP HORSE tournament, each of the players starts with 25,000 chips. After several hours and numerous rotations through each of the five games, I was down to just under 15,000 in chips from the starting stack of 25. Just before the scheduled dinner break, my table started in on a game of Raz. And if you want to go back and review the rules of Raz, you can listen to episode 8 of Poker, All the Games. In that particular round of Raz leading up to the dinner break, I won, it was either six or seven of those eight hands of Raz, and I spun up my stack from just under 15,000 to just about 65,000 in chips. And in a shout out to Norman Chad, this was one of the great Raz rushes that Norman loves to uh, shout out. Right before the end of dinner break is also the end of, um, so at the end of dinner, so after my Raz rush, we went on dinner break, and then as we come back from dinner, that's the end of open registration. So you can late register up until um, the end of dinner break. After we return from dinner break, a new player was at our table with a fresh um, stack of uh, 25,000 chips. After a number of rotations later, I ended up in a couple of big stud hands. And if you go back and listen to the episode on stud, and if you read uh, it also mentioned in my book, you'll, you'll realize that stud can play big. Even though it's a limit game, stud, since it has an extra big bet of rounding, uh, blah, blah, an extra round of big betting as compared to uh, Hold'em, it can the the uh, the bets and pots can get the pot size can get very large. So anyway, in a couple of big stud hands, I lost a significant portion of my chips. And one of those hands was against uh, that new player at our table who I uh, had the least familiarity with. So in that particular hand, he raised up front and continued betting most of the way. I put him on a, a single pair and kept calling all the way to 6th Street, and I knew if I could hit two pair on 7th Street, and here again, a shout-out to Norman Chad when he says that seven-card stud is a race to two pair. So I was confident that if I could hit a second pair on 7th Street, I would take down a big pot. Unfortunately, the river card failed to bring me two pair, and my opponent bet out again on 7th Street. So now I had, now I had a decision to make. I tanked certain he had nothing more than a single pair and somewhat obviously I was worried a little bit about an over pair but I also knew he'd be playing his hand the same way with a pair of tens after some thought I convinced myself to make the call figuring that saving that single bet wouldn't hurt me as much as if I was correct on my call that big pot would put me in position to make the money Alas, he flipped over pocket aces to beat my pair of pocket jacks, and my stack took a hard hit. 
At least my read on him having only one pair was correct, and had I hit my two pair and called immediately as I had planned before the 7th Street card hit, um, I would have won a big pot. But unfortunately, I was stuck with my pair of jacks, made the call, and uh, he had an over pair with the pair of aces. After our table broke a while later, I was moved. A couple of hours later, my stack was on life support. So after more than 11 hours of play, less than an hour from making what would have been my first day two of a World Series of Poker tournament, my tournament hopes were dashed when, during a Raz hand, I was all in with an 8-7 made hand, a great hand to be sure, and ahead of my opponent's made nine, but he improved on 7th Street when he rivered a better eight and busted me. So that that's most of my uh, play while I was out in uh, out in Las Vegas. Great time. I recommend if you haven't been out to the World Series of Poker, uh, get out there, get some practice in, uh, prepare for uh, next year if you're not going to make it out to the uh, not many some games left this year. The main event's still upcoming, so some some good stuff left. Ah, another sip of that uh, autumn spiced ale, and. Uh, Go out and try your uh, try your hand at Vegas. I do have to say, uh, final thing about the Vegas trip that I uh, didn't mention up front is that uh, this this trip, I uh, it was important for me to have a, a room with a kitchen. So I actually uh, had a suite, which was very nice. I had a, a kitchen in there with a stove, etc., and all the works. So I, I and I packed a bunch of ingredients, so I was actually eat able to eat as closely as I probably could on the road, um, as I do at home. And so that really helped me, I think, my mindset. It helped me feel better, uh, helped me play better, and almost make a, a day too. I had the food that I'm used to eating, stayed mostly with my, my healthy way of eating, walked around Vegas, got some, some exercise in, uh, etc. So I kept the uh, healthy lifestyle up, and it certainly helped me a lot more than it did this past fall at the previous World Series of poker when I went out and uh, wasn't feeling too well and doing well because uh, I didn't have a kitchen and I, I wasn't eating as as well as I should have and uh, so it really plays plays a big part if you're comfortable eating well getting some exercise in um, and getting uh, a good amount of rest. Finally, if you want to learn more about No Limit Deuce to Seven Single Draw or any mixed games, head over to Amazon for my book. Poker, All the Games, a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games. Not only do I discuss the rules of 23 mixed poker games, but there's also interesting reading in the form of poker history, the relationship between maintaining a healthy body and mind and your performance, and why playing mixed games can prove more profitable given the current poker climate. Well, that's all for episode 11, No Limit, Deuce to Seven, Single Draw. Thank you for listening to Poker All the Games. Follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R All the Games. Subscribe for free at pokerchannel.substack.com and join us again in two weeks for episode 12 where we are going to discuss Short Deck, also known as Six Plus Hold'em. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, 
your cards fill both high and low and scoop as many pots as you can. Mm -hmm.